Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. TFA fam, what is up? What is happening? We're back again live, yeah. live stream here. But uh, wanted to, with the combine, you know, going on right now, we don't have any of the fish results because the players, at least we care about for what we do around here, don't do anything until Saturday. So we thought this would be a good time to kind of come on, maybe do a little pre combine, kind of see where things stand, talk about some players. Uh, before the combine happens and then you know next week we'll definitely get into all the results and guys who are you know rising and falling up you know board and stuff like that so um that being said uh let's just hit on there's we've had a little bit of news this week you know with all the 32 teams uh, there at the combine we've had we've actually had some news this week uh the chiefs have a couple uh, news and notes but the chiefs did release mbs that saved them 12 million dollars they also slapped the franchise tag on the jerry sneed um, but they did already allow him to seek a trade. So it sounds like he is not one that's going to be back with the Kansas City Chiefs after the season or after, uh, next season. They did say that they would like to keep him, but they've already told him he can go look for a trade. He's gone. Um, and so there's, I think there's some rumors that the Falcons are really interested uh, in him. I, it didn't bother me. He's 27 years old. I mean, he is not a younger prospect, uh, you know, coming off his rookie deal. He was fantastic last year, no doubt, but uh, the Chiefs aren't just going to pay him that kind of money, especially at 27 years old. I don't see that happening. But T. Higgins also expected to get the franchise tag. That one's a little bit more surprising to me. I mean, I guess it's, when you have Joe Burrow, you still want to surround him with many weapons. You can hit him with that franchise tag for one more year. But I do not think they're going to get a long-term deal done with T. Higgins. Uh, they're going to have to also pay some other guys. They don't have a ton of cap space, but they also are going to have to worry about Jamar Chase after the season as well, um, as, uh, as somebody's going to want a large extension. So, uh, but T. Higgins uh, is expected to get a franchise tag. We haven't heard anything else. I think they have till next Tuesday to, for all the other teams to decide if they're going to use it. I do expect we're going to get more. I think Michael Pittman gets franchise tag. I uh, would not be shocked if, uh, if, if he is another wide receiver that comes off the market. But um, so far, you know, he is, uh, you know, at least T. Higgins is coming off the market as a wide receiver that people were looking at in free agency. As you remember, free agency is only, what, a week and a half away, too. So that'll be here. Demarcus Robinson also signed a one year contract uh, extension with the, with the Rams. And then Zach Wilson uh, was permitted to seek a trade. I'm sure there's going to be a long list of suitors looking to trade for Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, whenever you can pick up someone like uh, like Zach Wilson, it's probably why we haven't heard a lot of news about it, just because they're just getting inundated with so many 
so many trade offers. And I, just to, to go back to the Chiefs thing, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because we're here to talk to, about the combine. But I honestly don't think I've ever heard you be like worried about anything when it comes to the Chiefs, Kev. Like when Tyreek Hill left, you're just like, ah, yeah, whatever. The Chiefs offense is going to be better with him leaving. And now Legereus Sneed, who was, you know, a, a shutdown corner for you, you're just like, ah, whatever. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, they continue to win, right? I mean, this year, I mean, nobody thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. And uh, here we are. They won it again. And so, I don't know. Like, they're, they're just, I think that one of the reasons they've been so good is because they will not, they're not going to go out and overpay anybody. They're not going to pay somebody, uh, you know, these these huge contracts. It's not going to happen. Either you're going to, you know, bend the knee and, uh, you know, take less to continue to, you know, to win or you won't. And I thought, like, I found it, like, I don't know if you listened to it, the pivot, McCall um, Hardman was on there. And he kind of yeah. talked about like how much it was like eye opening to go to the Jets and like leaving the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, some of the stuff. And I just think that's true. Like you just you know you, you leave that uh, cocoon, if you will, of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and you know everything they have going on there, and you go to another team with Nathaniel Hackett, you know, as your offensive coordinator and stuff like that. And it's eye opening. But uh, I mean, the Chiefs have just proven that, that you know you have fifteen, you have Andy Reid, you, you're just going to keep winning. So yeah, uh, I, I yeah. I was just gonna what? say, Miko Harmon did get put in his place by uh, punter yeah, Thomas, Thomas Morrison. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, what's what's happening here? What what is happening right now? Yeah. So, anyways, anyways uh, yeah, I mean, it's good times. Um, but uh, that being said, let's 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 get into some of this. What we came here for? People want, uh, probably want to talk about that here that people don't want to hear about. You know, off season news that doesn't really matter right now, at least. At least for the next couple of weeks, we'll see what happens with this. But first things first, I think the first well, let's start at the quarterback position. First, now we have to say that you know the top three quarterbacks are doing absolutely nothing um, at the combine. Uh, Drake May, Jane Daniels, and Caleb Williams have all opted out. I mean, even Caleb Williams said, "Well, I'm not even doing your medicals. All right, you, you can get out of town with that." So they're all gonna uh, most of them are gonna opt to do their pro day. I actually think this is a huge combine for like I, I teeter back and forth, right? Because I on one hand. I think we're going to continue to see this, like where like the top names are going to like, no, I'm not doing it. I because it's really, I don't think it, they can't do anything to help themselves at the combine. Like Caleb Williams can do absolutely nothing to help himself. Neither can Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors. Like none of these guys who are the elite, you know, prospects in this can only really hurt themselves if anything. Um, and so yeah. I, I don't mind it. I feel like this is more for the players who uh, have a lot more questions. You know, the the non elite, uh, you know, tier players than it is anything, but at least for the, I did, I did want to ask you this. So let's say you're the bears GM. Are you trading Justin Fields or are you keeping him and trading down to get more draft capital? Trading fields. And I'm taking Caleb Williams. I, I still think there are, I, you know, still go a little bit back and forth with this because Justin Fields obviously looked better this year considering he had uh, at least one legitimate weapon to throw to a DJ Moore. DJ Moore obviously had a, had a big year, but there's still a bunch of questions that remain around Justin Fields and how good of a passer he is. So I feel like if you have this opportunity to take Caleb Williams, that's, that's what you do. You trade fields, you get a second, uh, you know, potentially a team like the Falcons might might be in on him, and then you you just continue to to stockpile. You can get another uh, draft ammo that way, 
obviously, but that's that's what I'm doing. I'm trading Fields, and then I'm taking Caleb Williams. And then the best the best part about it is if you're not sold on Caleb Williams, that number one pick is you can sell that for you name the price. So even if you just want to bounce down to two with Washington, I think you can get a hefty penny just moving down one spot. So they do have a, a bunch of options, but I think it's trade fields and then draft one of these quarterbacks. I'm just not completely sold on Caleb Williams, I guess. Like, there's still all the – he's the next Patrick Mahomes and all that stuff. But I still have questions. Now, I will say there's obviously question marks with Justin Fields, right? And Justin Fields the, – and the one advantage you do get with moving off Justin Fields and drafting Caleb Williams is you restart the contract clock, right? And so you get all that – you get, you know, all that extra time um, and you're not – you're still not paying anybody. This is a team that still has a lot of holes – uh, all you know, on both sides of the ball, and so you know, and, and they still have you know what the ninth pick as well. So with that, yeah. you potentially could take Caleb Williams. You could also have some extra draft capital where you could possibly move up. Maybe if you want to go get Malik Neighbors or uh, Roman Dunzier, like whoever you want there, uh, you, you have that option to pair him with with DJ Moore, and maybe you know overall you still have a better offense if if you're going to do that. But I still you know wouldn't hate if they kept Justin Fields and traded the pick and get the war chest of of picks that they would get from it draft Marvin Harrison with whatever that pick is or Malik neighbors and then, you know, figure it out from there. But I get it. Like it is a tough question because, you know, we, you know, we, we've, the bears have not been one that have been great at drafting and evaluating quarterback talent. You know, it wasn't that long ago Anything. where they drafted uh, Mr. Trubisky over, you know, Patrick Mahomes and at the time, Sean Watson. And, you know, that didn't really work out. And so, you know, this is one where if Caleb, if they were to trade that pick, Caleb Williams turns out to be, you know, an elite prospect, an elite quarterback, you'd be kicking yourself for keeping Justin Fields. Uh, so I get it, um, you know, and maybe it's a smart move. But I, 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 I still would probably lean towards keeping Justin Fields and continually build around him. But I get it. I get the argument um, there with him. But let's move on from that one. And so which quarterback – of the quarterbacks that are actually going to be there, are, are you most excited to look at kind of, you know, is it JJ McCarthy who feels like he's kind of become the, you know, the, the hot you know topic guy where everybody's starting to get excited about him. It sounds like he's probably going to be a guy who's going to run a lot faster than people think. And maybe a player who runs a four, six, something like that at, at quarterback. Um, is he, is he your uh, quarterback four uh, in this class or, or where do you have you know him right now? Yeah, I'll be honest. When it comes to the quarterbacks in the combine, like I just don't really care. Like there's not a ton that's going to happen at the combine that's going to like really change or sway my opinion for for a lot of these guys. You know, we don't have uh, an Anthony Richardson type prospect where he's going to come in and just absolutely demolish everything. But this does seem like that this is just setting up with those top three quarterbacks not being there the buzz around J.J. McCarthy, this is just setting up as something that could potentially vault him into the top three ahead of one of those guys, whoever ends up being. Kind of seems like Drake May is falling a little bit. Jaden Daniels still has some question marks around him. So this could vault J.J. McCarthy up. So not anyone that I'm necessarily like excited to see or someone who you know I can't wait. Uh, you know, it is interesting to see how they do with all these new receivers and some of the throwing drills and things like that. But there's just not a ton I'm taking away from the combine when it comes to quarterbacks and like really changing my opinion on on anyone. Um, 
the other thing I'm kind of just like keeping an ear out for is what happens with the medicals with Michael Penix. Obviously, he's someone who has suffered a bunch of injuries in his career. So just seeing if, you know, what what comes out of that, if anything negative or positive comes uh, surrounding him, you know, especially for dynasty purposes, just to see, you know, what, uh, you know, what kind of medicals are popping up or if teams have uh, teams have any reservations about how he is. You know, can someone like Spencer Rattler carry the the momentum that he was building up from the Senior Bowl? Kind of seemed like he was someone that was getting buzzed, but there, there's not anyone here that like I'm like dying to see out of uh, out of the quarterbacks. I mean, I guess to kind of see what happens with Bo Nix, to kind of see you know which one of these guys going to take over that five spot because, like you said, JJ McCarthy seems like he is solidified as QB four, if not higher. And I think that's something we could definitely see after the combine with some of these guys not uh, not doing much. Yeah, there's a lot of arguments with JJ McCarthy about like the lack of production, but I would also say that like what was the insane stat? Like I think it was like eight of the 13 games this year that JJ McCarthy didn't play because that's how much of a lead they had. He wasn't even so he basically played almost every game with only three quarters. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, so that has led to some of you know him not having as much production and obviously having the elite defense that Michigan had uh, that really didn't need it in the ground game, pro style offense. So um, maybe you know there's a lot of indication that maybe there's a lot more there than what people are expecting because he just didn't really have the production to back up um, you know some of this. But there's been a lot of positive buzz about him, and I think he's kind of the the guy heading into this weekend that can yeah. show a lot. Maybe Bo Nix can he rehab himself after a really Pretty poor senior bowl showing, at least depending on who you ask. Some people said, you know, we'll say that Bo Nix had a really good senior bowl. Others say he did not. So I think he's another one that you could look at. But let's move on. Let's move off the quarterbacks. Like I said, like there's not a lot I think you can take away from this unless you're going to have somebody like uh, Anthony Richardson last year who just kind of stole the show. That was more so because of how much of an athletic freak he was um, and more than anything else. So uh, let's move over to running back. And this is. A who's who, right? Because you're obviously not going to get Jonathan Brooks because Jonathan Brooks is dealing with the, uh, you know, the the torn ACL that he suffered late, you know, later in the uh, the year. So he's obviously not going to be the guy. And so is is well, who is your RB one right now? Just uh, you know, uh, of, of how things stand. I'm putting Jonathan Brooks at at RB one. I think he's probably like the mo- the most complete guy that I, I I think I have like the fewest questions about. I think because we don't have like a a stud uh, like a true number one in this class. I think a lot of people are like downplaying it, but I think there's going to end up being a bunch of guys that are going to be fantasy relevant. You know, at least a, a handful of them. So because of that, I think you know, especially in superflex leagues like round two picks are going to be really interesting to start picking up because I don't think we get a single running back going in the first. That's going to be tight ends. That's going to be uh, wide receivers and obviously the the four quarterbacks. But I think in the second round, there's going to be some value to be had and, you know, potentially even the third round. But like Jonathan Brooks right now would be my RB1. Obviously with him, like you said, the ACL, the thing would keep out again medicals to make sure there's that he's healing correctly that everything is uh everything is on schedule for him that there was no other damage nothing else pops up for him for him but i do think there are a bunch of like uh intriguing guys to pay attention to jalen wright out of tennessee 
uh, apparently there's word going around that he could potentially be in the running for one of the fastest 40s overall, not only among the uh, the running backs in this class. So uh, someone like him, Trey Benson, if you're looking for someone who's a little uh, one of the bigger running backs in this class, he should have a, a solid 40 time. Uh, Audrey Castame out of Notre Dame, same thing with him. He's even bigger. I think if he could put together a solid combine, he's someone who could uh, who could jump up both NFL draft boards and dynasty draft boards. I'm really interested to see Bucky Irving, what he ends up coming in at. I re- like, I'm going to be really surprised if he comes in at the 5'10", 195 that he was listed at at Oregon. He looks small out there, man. And I, I, you know, I'm interested to see his athletic testing as well, just because like, I think he's probably closer to like Devin Singletary in terms of like one of these smaller backs. I don't think he's going to test as bad as Singletary did whenever he was at the combine, but I think he's closer to Singletary than he is to like a, like a Keaton Mitchell or a Devon H hand, obviously, you know what I mean? So kind of seeing where he comes in, Marshawn Lloyd, I think could, could jump up and, you know, kind of push for that RB one spot as well. But what about you, Kev, anyone that's standing out to you, anyone that you're going to be paying attention to? I do think, uh, I mean, John, like, like you said, Jonathan Brooks, I think is the best running back in this class. Um, but other than that, I, I agree. I really want to. I really want to check out Jalen Wright. I think that uh, Bucky Irving is somebody that I'm also have a lot of interest in. And I'm not as concerned, I guess, right now with whatever his size, unless it's like something drastic where he's five seven, 160 pounds, or something like that. Then you could probably take him out. But you know, as long as he comes in at uh, you know somewhere in the range of you know a five foot eight, 190 pounds, I think it's fine. Um, uh, you know, we've seen, you know, more teams sort to switch and ha- yeah. not have as much of an issue, even, even like a Kyron Williams, right? Kyron Williams is a fantastic pass catcher coming out of Notre Dame. We had a lot of questions about his size and, you know, obviously the Rams didn't, uh, because, you know, they made him a feature back this year. And so it feels like we're starting to see a little bit of a shift where you don't have to be the six foot, six foot one, 220 pound running back anymore, uh, for NFL teams. And especially with so many, um, with, with so many, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, committees. Committees. There you go. Like hard Boom. word. Uh, yeah. So 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 many committees out there. But the thing I think is I find the most interesting about this class is that we have so many damn openings at running back. Like so many teams need a running yeah. back this year. And yes, some of them will be back. So many free agents by, too. Um, will be backfilled by you know some of these free agents like Saquon. Uh, you know, Austin Eckler will probably find a home somewhere. Uh, Josh Jacobs. like So, so there's some of these guys are going to fill. Like even, um, you know, Alexander Madison was released today. Shocking, I know, that he was uh, released after a, a poor showing. But, <laughs> like, some of these guys are going to land in, in really premium spots where I yeah. think that's what's really going to jump them up. Like, right now, I don't think there's a lot of groundswell of excitement for these players because there isn't a Jameer Gibbs. There isn't a, you know, B. John Robinson in this class. But I think landing spot is as much as, you know, there's going to be much more when it comes to the landing spot of these guys, because if somebody lands like with the chargers and they don't go out and do anything crazy, you know, uh, you know, this is going to be a player that really jumps up and maybe even turns into a late round first round, uh, you know, rookie pick or something like that because of, uh, you know, how good of a landing spot is because as we know, opportunity is the most important thing in, in fantasy football. And, and so, you know, if one of these guys lands at a really good spot, then I mean, that's all you can really do. Like, I agree. This on the surface, like this running back class, isn't anything to be super 
super excited about. But, you know, with so many opportunities and so many openings and so many teams needing running backs, uh, I, I think, you know, a couple of these guys are probably going to end up moving up uh, from, you know, w- where they're at right now. Because I do think there is some definite interesting plays or guys here that uh, we should definitely be keeping an eye on, even though a lot of people just like want to pass on the running backs and not even talk about them. Yeah, I think just uh, two more names to throw out, Kev. I can't believe you didn't mention him, Cody Schrader. Uh, you know, excited to see, you know, what, what he can do athletically. Because I think on time, at, at times on, you know, some of the games I was watching of him, he definitely has that burst. I'm not sure if he has like that second gear, so to speak, but I think he has enough athleticism. So kind of curious to see how he tests. And then um, Ray Davis from Kentucky as well. I think he's one of these other guys who, you know, is not not stellar whenever you watch him, but I think he's really solid at everything. So I think if he has, you know, a, a decent athletic profile, which could help push him up in the draft, because the, the main thing is draft capital, right? Like that's the main thing we should be paying attention to. I really don't put a ton of stock in the combine as much as I love it, as much as I love watching it, talking about it. I'm not going to like go out and completely change my thoughts on someone because they run fast in underwear. You know what I mean? But what this is going to do is it does affect how teams view these guys and move them up their draft boards and draft capital affects a lot. So I think Ray Davis is someone who, like I said, if he can have a a decent showing, he could uh, move up some, move up some boards. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move over to wide receivers. I think there's a lot more to talk about here. Um, uh, and then yeah, the, the running backs. Uh, we've already, yeah. Uh, we've already said that Marvin Harrison and Malik neighbors aren't really going to be doing anything here. So uh, we're not really going to see anything from them. Uh, I mean, Marvin Harrison's not even doing his pro day. Uh, you have a Malik neighbors a- away for his pro day. So, you know, that is something, but um who is, I mean, so I assume that for you, we haven't even talked about this, that Marvin Harris and Malik Neighbors are your one and two, right? I mean, it's, there's there's no controversy there. Do you have anybody ahead of them? No, I mean, I do think there is a, there is a discussion for Romo Dunzi, um, but it's it's Harrison and, and Neighbors. I, I kind of keep flip-flopping on them, um, but those, those are definitely the, the two at the top. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, think that it's crazy to say that there's a conversation to be had with uh, even Malik neighbors as the number one, like, like it, I mean, I, I think, I think these guys are elite. Um, I think both of them are, are very, very good. And so like, I, I, like, I think we, with like Marvin Harris said, it's like, okay, we're just going to forget about it. He's the number one. Let's, let's move on. But I do think there's a conversation, but regardless, both of them are elite wide receivers. I think, uh, I think a doozy is right there with them as well. I think both all three of these guys are fantastic. So for me, the real conversation starts after these guys because I feel like once you get past those three, for pretty much anywhere you look, anybody you talk to, any podcast you to, whatever, everybody's going to be different uh, for, for yeah. whatever they like. After. So I think it's those three, unless you're trying to be hot, and then it kind of goes from there. So I can tell you for me, somebody that I'm really excited to watch and see in this is going to be Troy Franklin. Um, I think that uh, from Oregon – I really liked uh, some of the stuff that I saw from him. I really want to see kind of what his size comes out to be. I'm not sure. I think you know, he's listed at 6'3", 180 pounds. Um, I don't know if that's exactly where he's going to come in. I think he probably comes in more at six foot one. But athletic athletic testing, I think he should be definitely somebody that that, that can uh, blaze here and really uh, help himself. I think 
you know, kind of maybe like a Chris Olave type player um, here uh, from Troy Franklin. I definitely think he has a shot at being a first round pick, maybe back half of the first type uh, pick. I don't think he's going to be like a top 20, but uh, you know, Troy Franklin is somebody that I'm really excited about. Yeah, man, it kind of comes down to like whatever flavor you want. Like there are a bunch of really, really good wide receivers in this class. And there's a bunch of different types of wide receivers too that are also really good. So, you know, if you're talking about the Blazers, you can also talk about Brian Thomas. You can talk about uh, Xavier Worthy. You can talk about some of those guys. Uh, then you have some of your big guys, Donai Mitchell, Keon Coleman, uh, you know, even like an Xavier Leggett. So I think a lot of these guys are also going to test well. Jermaine Burton is going to be up there. Um, you know, then if you want to go to kind of like your slot guys, Slad McConkey, Roman Wilson. So like there really is, it's kind of like a pick your poison, like whatever kind of wide receiver you like, like there is something for you in this draft class. So I think this is definitely going to be the one that can kind of start to create, I guess, like uh, like tiebreakers for for some of us i think you know keon coleman is someone who you know started off the year really hot and then it kind of seemed like at the end of the year like everyone was just dumping on this dude i'm not in that camp um you know obviously his style like that x jump ball type of receiver has kind of been phased out of the nfl but i i still think there's going to be a, a place for that dude so i'm curious to see like how he tests um Somebody like Xavier Leggett, he's kind of in like that DK Metcalf type of mold where he like I think right now on prize picks and like obviously that's not the best example because prize picks has gotten absolutely smacked around on 40 times. Uh, Kev, we were talking about it beforehand, but they had Chop Robinson, the DN from Penn State listed at a 461 to open up and he ran the fastest 40 time among all the DNs at a, uh, at a sub four or five today. So this isn't like prize picks should not be taken like as the gospel for expected 40 times, but Xavier Leggett was listed as a four, three, two, and he's, you know, six, three, 220, 230 pounds. Like this dude, um, you know, the, the thing everyone likes to kind of put down on him is the fact that he literally did nothing. <laughs> his career at South Carolina until this fifth year where he just absolutely blew up. But I think, you know, you can look and like make some excuses for that. Like the dude did play uh quarterback in high school. Uh, he was kind of drafted as like an athlete, not drafted. He was recruited as more of an athlete than he was like at any particular position. So like you can like kind of give him a couple excuses as to why, like he wasn't doing much in his first four years. And obviously before, uh, Spencer Rattler got there. It's not like that was a, an offense that anyone was excited about. So I think like for me, Xavier Leggett is someone that I'm excited to see and kind of hope that we get um, some of like the, the meeting type stuff coming out about him and kind of get a feel for how NFL teams are, are viewing him. Then even like some of the other Washington receivers, everyone obviously loves to talk about Roma Dunzier, but Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan uh, are two guys that uh, that I'm also interested in. And then you can just keep going down the list, man. There are, like I said, ton of really good wide receivers. There's bound to be someone who kind of like sneaks in as a you know third, fourth round dynasty rookie pick that no one's talking about that's going to end up making a bunch of noise. Um, 
was there anyone else that like I I didn't really touch on or I I guess there's there is another one but I'll I'll let you go first and see if uh, see if you don't mention them. I I think the two uh, I think the two really uh, that seemed to be the like quick where I was just like very much in the vein of Jaden Reed last year because Jaden Reed really started to gain buzz you know through this time and continued to rise uh, you know there started to be more and more people talking about him that hey. Look out for this guy. He could end up being a high second round pick. A lot of people are starting to fall in love with him. I feel like that's Roman Wilson and Ricky Parasol this year. Both of those guys have done a really good job of, of really, I mean, especially in the senior bowl. Both of them had really good showings there. And I, I think they can carry that over here. Uh, Roman Wilson, I think, could end up being that guy that goes in the second round and goes much higher than people expect. But I, I think both of those dudes, uh, I think, are, are two guys I want to look at. Like, Keon Coleman's been wild. Because I remember watching the game beginning of the year. I think I even messaged you, whatever, and was like, "Man, this dude's a baller. Like this, this dude is looks really good. Like, yeah. like he looked like that, like uh, you know, that alpha type wide receiver. And then he, like you said, he just kind of fell off the planet and it was was not very good uh, down the stretch. Uh, there's a lot of question marks with his game. There's a lot of people that are very, very, very low on Keon Coleman. And it, it's kind of wild, you know, with, with him that uh, you know, yeah. he really fell off. Um, I'm almost surprised he didn't go back for another year uh, there at Florida State. I mean, with him only being a junior, but, you know, uh, especially with as loaded as this class is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I so he's so that really, I think, needs to show himself well this weekend because if he falters, uh, he could end up really falling down. Uh, Javon Baker is also another uh, a player I think you could, you could talk about um, as as somebody we, that I would like to see a little bit from this weekend. But I mean, this this wide receiver class is just so damn loaded. Yeah, the the only other one that I want to throw out was uh, Malachi Corley. Uh, I'm just kind of curious to see what what he does. He's someone who is really interesting, you know, especially if you're looking at kind of where uh, his production came from. I think like forty something percent of his career targets at Western Kentucky were at or behind the line of scrimmage. Just absolutely wild. <laughs> that, like that's how he was used. But I think for someone like him, that's more of a case of like he wasn't asked to do more. I, do, I definitely, I'm not here for the Debo comps with Malachi Corley. That I don't get at all. But I do still think that he could be, uh, could be a really interesting kind of like chess piece. And I could see him use kind of how Jaden Reed was used this year at uh at green bay but corley would be the would be the other guy uh is there any other wide receivers you want to talk about i don't think so man i think that's for me that that's kind of it at least we are going to get uh some some home cooking numbers for neighbors he is going to do stuff at his uh at his pro day but like you said marvin harrison is just like I don't have to do anything. And really he doesn't, you know what I mean? Like what's the point of him going out and even doing, because if he gets like a bad pro day time for whatever reason, then, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what, I don't know what the rookie scale is for in terms of like, if he were to go from, you know, a top five pick to like a, a top 10 pick, I don't know like how much money he would potentially lose out on, on that, but there's really no reason for Marvin Harrison to, to do anything. So I get it, man. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Like the, the, the risk is not worth the uh, the reward. I guess Slam McConkey would be the other one just to kind of see what kind of what kind of juice he has. Yeah. Um, and we're not, like I said, like we're not really trying to go super deep with these guys. Like as soon as this is over, because that was kind of my plan. I, I didn't want to, because what a lot of people end up doing is they get all these pre- preconceived notions and all of a sudden the combine happens and people for whatever reason decide to really uh, double count things for one way or the other. Like if we know the guy's fast, the guy runs fast, people seem to, you know, double count that. Or if we don't think a player is, uh, you know, is going to do that. And when they don't do it, we also, you know, double count that as well. So as uh, soon as this is over, you know, we'll start to have like our top five, top 10 on the, you know, on the position and stuff like that. And that's where we'll start to get more into the stuff. Uh, you know, years past, we jumped on it super early and it felt by like early April, we're just like ready for it to be over. And so I'm kind of, we were talking about excited that uh, we're uh, going to be much more refreshing to not uh, have to do that because usually we've already put out like top five, top 10 for all the positions and everything else. And now uh, I feel like we're, you know, this is much more fresh and everything else. So uh, tight end, Rock Bowers, right? Like generational talent, uh, you know, the, the the all the cliches that we have to say about every player. Um, but yes, Brock Bowers, you know, actually Brock Bowers and uh, the tight ends will be doing stuff tomorrow on Friday. So, uh, you know, the, uh, it is quarterback, running back, and wide receivers on Saturday. So tomorrow... The one thing that I really just want to see with Brock Bowers, and I, I don't, it's not a huge deal, is I do want to see where he comes in height weight. Like, I just want to see, because when I saw the stuff like him standing next to Gronk, I was like, <laughs> there's a difference there. Like, you know, like, and so I'm like, how big is he? Like, is he 6'3? Because if he comes in and he's like 6'3 to 35, that's a problem. Like, and the reason it would be a problem is because he's not going to be in every down tight end. And if, if that's the case, right. So like, you're not going to be asking him to go out there and be a blocking tight end or anything like that. If that's his size. And so it'll ding him a tiny bit. Not like I'm saying that he, he he's going to be terrible, but I do want to see where he comes in, but I am really excited about Jatavian Sanders too. Like, I think that he, is he gets some buzz, but he does not get the buzz that Brock Bowers gets. And he is somebody that I'm really excited about as well. Yeah, I think Sanders is closer to tight end one than he than he is tight end three. Yeah, you know, like, like I think that like he he is closer to Brock Bowers. Like if we were like tearing these tight ends out, he's closer to Bowers than he is whoever your tight end three might end up being. Uh, I have not fully dove into the the tight ends yet, so I don't have like really strong opinions on any of these guys just yet. I do think the the athleticism for the athleticism testing for the tight ends um, does for me make a difference. Like this is something where where I'm not necessarily going to go and like change my opinion. But if there's like someone that like pops out in a you know in a positive way, I will go back. Like maybe I haven't gotten uh, eyes on yet. Um, you know, somebody like a, like a George Kittle, great testing numbers, still went late in the NFL draft. 
he was an afterthought in in dynasty drafts. So like guys like that that you know you can really start to pay attention to, and especially if you have like a taxi squad where you can kind of just like you know put them there and let them let them sit. Because obviously with you know tight ends, like you're learning almost two two positions at the same time, right? Like you have to know your routes and route concepts and all that, but you also have to be able to block for the most part. Not that like we really care about that for fantasy purposes, but like that is something that goes into it and why we see, you know, a lot of tight ends not really break out in their rookie year except for what, twelve guys uh this year. But I mean, I, I think, um, you know, some like obviously a little bias here, but somebody like Theo Johnson, I expect him to test well. Um, I don't think that like really any of the tight ends that Penn State has had the past couple of years have really been able to show what they can do because our passing offense has been so anemic. But he's someone who who I expect to have a good showing and might start to get some buzz following this he was also somebody who had himself a strong senior bowl so if he can kind of start to build that momentum i think he can start to start to move up some draft boards and dynasty boards uh cade stover out of ohio state is someone who who i think is going to get some looks uh there's another iowa tight end coming out they're just an absolute factory over there uh you know whenever we had debro on he was talking about ben sanat from kansas state so there's definitely definitely some guys to to pay attention to and then uh like um josh is saying in the chat jaheem bell is someone who is really interesting as well so there's definitely definitely going to be some some guys here to pay attention to but for dynasty purposes we cannot let this year like affect how we think about these tight ends going forward like this is an absolute uh a a year that is unlikely to be replicated so i I think we just all need to keep that in mind that we're not going to have you know sam laporta's and dalton kincaid's luke musgraves tucker crafts (laughs) coming out every single year so let's let's keep that keep that in mind yeah, the sad thing is the Kyle Pitt still hasn't, you know. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we say that though about Kyle Pitts, but I mean, his rookie year was was phenomenal. Like at least in terms yeah. of yardage numbers and stuff like that. Like if they can just get a quarterback at Atlanta, like I, I think they're all set to take off. Like Drake London, I think is such like I know we're not talking about like a buy low for dynasty, but man, he's somebody that I would definitely be trying to buy because if they can go out and, and get a quarterback. Um, I think that offense is going to be phenomenal. I mean, with Kyle Pitts and Jake London and Bijan, that's all they need is a damn quarterback. You get a quarterback in there, and that offense, and they're the best team in the in the in the, in the division. I think next year, if they can get a quarterback, that's really all they're missing. And so, uh, yeah. But in terms of the tight ends, yeah, last year was crazy. In terms of, I mean, Sam Laporta was, I mean, phenomenal all year. I mean, arguably the best tight ends. Um, and then you know. Uh, even like second year tight end Dalton or not Dalton, um, uh, Trey McBride from his, uh, from Arizona. I mean, he broke out a big way too. So yeah, I mean the tight end position maybe it's in a good spot. Finally, you know, like it feels like it's been forever. Every year we we try to hype up these guys uh, every year. We get all excited about them and then they just completely do nothing. And uh, so maybe maybe we're finally getting some real uh, and you know um, some real talent here because I. Like I, I do think Brock Bowers is phenomenal. Like if you watch, I mean the the stuff he does after the catch, uh, he he moves like a wide receiver. He does not look like you know a lumbering tight end or anything like that. Um, you know I think his uh, 
his best comparable, I think, is George Kittle, which makes sense with the way that he moves uh, and stuff like that. And so, like, I mean, it, it's – I'm not saying, like, what I was saying that, you know, about his size. I don't think that kills him or anything like that. I still think that he is in that tier of upper echelon elite. I just, I'm just, I guess I'm just tired of hearing people say that these, like every year there's three or four players that are generational. Like, can we, can we go with a different word? Like it's just a different word instead of calling every player that's like, we think is elite generational, you know, like generational means they only come around every so often. Right. Like we were saying this with Brock Bowers. Like we, everybody was just saying this with Kyle Pitts a couple of years ago, you know, that he was generational. Caleb Williams. You know, Caleb Williams, like we just do this way too much. Like it's just, just need a different word. To describe these guys, because I, I think Brock Bowers is probably going to be, you know, a top five tight end in the league, and I think uh, you know Jatavian Sanders has that that range within his outcome too. Um, he just doesn't get the hype that Brock Bowers does at the position, but because um, you know, really, we usually don't spend a lot of time talking about tight ends because they take so long to break out. Like generally speaking, when you talk about tight ends, usually it's a three or four year process before you know they, they really start to hit. And it started to change a little. We're starting to see a little bit more and more where teams are starting to go to these guys a lot sooner and, um, you know, they're utilizing them more uh, in the passing game than we've ever seen. Because a lot of times, you know, they, a lot of these guys, you know, they act on the block and stuff like that. Well, now the teams are starting to find different ways to get them involved and, and not necessarily ask them to bust to be like an inline blocker or anything like that and where you can just go out and be like a move tight end. Yeah, that's why, uh, you know, whenever we hear about like, you know, can tight ends block for fantasy purposes? Like we obviously don't care about that. We don't get points for, for blocking, but for NFL teams, when it comes to blocking it, uh, it, it is a big deal, right? Like for, whereas like with, with running backs and pass protection, like it don't necessarily matter that that one doesn't necessarily matter to me as much as of the ability or at least willingness to block. Like, I don't think as a tight end, you can be a zero as a blocker. Like I think you at least have to to be able to like show like the willingness and like competitiveness competitiveness to to stick your nose in there. But you just have to be a functional blocker, right? Like so yeah. you have guys like like George Kittle who's phenomenal. Like it's just a phenomenal all around tight end. Like he is probably the best blocking tight end in the league. Um and it sometimes hurts them because they end up bringing out leaving him in to block instead of having him go out and run as many routes especially when everybody's healthy, but like Travis Kelsey is not uh, a great blocker. Like he is a functional blocker. Uh, He's never been that in his entire career. Uh, It's kind of always been like his knock against him is that like, he's not great at that, but uh, he is more of just a straight out perceiving tight end. And so just things have changed a little bit. And yes, Pitts was hurt last year. We actually heard that. If you remember all the way back in like June, July, Stefania Bell uh, was on a podcast. I think it was on the ETR or something like that. And I, I believe, and that's when they talked about it and said that she did not think that he was right. He was not healthy whatsoever. Uh, there should be a lot of alarms going off for people with him uh, that he that uh, he's not, you know, this wasn't going to be a great year. And that's kind of what happened. Like he just, I also think the quarterback position just played a big role in it, right? I mean, the quarterbacks yeah. were just yeah. god awful and they've been god awful uh, there for the Falcons. And I know, Josh, uh, you say you're a Falcon, Falcons are your team. I would be super frustrated if I was Falcons with them investing so much in the positional groups uh, of this team. And they have so much talent and they're just, you're just refusing to go get a quarterback, but Hey, at least you, you dodged the bullet of Deshaun Watson that, you know, you you guys are in that to the end of of getting Deshaun Watson. sounds like, you know, that was a real bullet. You guys dodged on that one. So maybe it's not as bad. And, you know, getting rid of Arthur Smith is basically 
addition by subtraction, right? Yeah, now sadly he is a Pittsburgh Steeler. So there's that. Kev, if you uh, if if you remember whenever we had the the show with with Debra, I just want to put this out there since since it wasn't recorded, but before the show we did when we were talking about what the Steelers are going to do at quarterback, I said the Steelers are going to be like in the running, in the rumbling for these guys. They weren't going to do anything. Now it looks like you know they were the favorites for Justin Fields for a while. Now it looks like that's Atlanta, and I don't think they get Russell Wilson either. It's going to happen, and it's going to be another year of Kenny Pickett and fucking Mason Rudolph with Arthur Smith. Well, at least at least for your sake, then I guess Arthur Smith won't be long for the job, um, and he'll be gone. So um, I don't know. I, I think the Broncos end up cutting uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, I, I don't think they have another, any other choice. No team is going to trade for that contract. No team, no. unless the Broncos are going to eat a large chunk of it, um, which is going to be tough for the Broncos. I, it's going to be tough there. But um, um, I think Russell Wilson ends up getting cut. Like, I still think Russell Wilson is, like, a decent quarterback. He's not great. Like, he, he's not what he used to be at all, um, I don't think. But I still think that, like, it's kind of crazy, like, because what, he threw, like, what was it, like, 26? I mean, it wasn't a bad year last year for Russell Wilson in terms of just the raw numbers uh, yeah. for them. And let's be honest, there's, it doesn't take a lot to get an upgrade over what the, the Steelers have had. Uh, there at quarterback, uh, it's been a, you know since Big Ben, I guess you know it's been kind of rough with uh, all the different experiences, and then you know Kitty Pickett and all the drama that came out at the end of last year, something about you know um, stuff that happened there. So I don't know. It's frustrating if you're a Steelers fan because I mean Steelers are like you know like you know one of the you know one of the like the pack you know the, the Packers like one of like the great traditional you know teams in the NFL, and they just uh, haven't really been the same. They've been great on defense, but their offense has just been a train wreck. <clears throat> Yep, that's the way the the cookie crumbles. I just hope it all blows up in their face, and then they can finally move on and make make the changes they need to. It feels very much like as a when I was uh, for as a Chiefs fan, like it's it's hard now to like uh, first people. Like I get mad all the time, like when Bryson complains anything about the Chiefs. I'm like shut the fuck up, you don't know anything about struggle. Okay, like he's you know you've been a fan for like like truly a fan like as a kid. He's, he turns thirteen in May. And it's like, I'm like, dude, like, you've really been a fan for like six or seven years, okay? Like, it has been phenomenal for you as a Chiefs fan, okay? Yeah. Like, you yeah. don't know nothing about like the years of the, uh, you know, two and 14s and the, the retread quarterback after retread quarterback after retread quarterback. They would never draft a quarterback. Before they drafted Patrick Holmes, they didn't take a quarterback at the first round. It was, you have to go back to like 83, the last time they did it. Like, it was super frustrating. Every year, you would get these false hopes, even when it was like Alex Smith of like, oh, man. You know, this team's good enough. No, they're not. They're not good enough. They're they're not they're, even if they make the playoffs, they're gonna get knocked out in the first round because they have no quarterback. And that's how it always was until they got Patrick Mahomes. And so like I get it. Like I, I like, you know, obviously I'm spoiled now with the you know the Chiefs and you know everything they've done, but like I, I remember all that and it's like the most frustrating thing watching a team over and over like continually just do dumb things and just like bring in another really bad quarterback that's not gonna do anything for them instead of investing and really trying to that's been like the big Achilles heel for the Steelers has been they they're always good enough to like not get a high draft pick. Like they're never drafting in the top 10. They're always drafting in the back half because they're good enough to just barely, you know, either make the playoffs or they just miss. And they don't do anything to address the position. Like last year, they took Kenny Pickett. I think we all knew that last year's quarterback class, or two years ago, I guess, 
uh, was, was terrible. Like that was such a terrible quarterback class. And, you know, you know, and the Steelers went and took Kitty Pickett. It's been a waste. And here we are two years later and they still need one. Yep. I still stand by the, the fact that if Kenny Pickett was not at Pitt, Steelers don't take him. Probably not. But, you know, it's, I guess when you've had Big Ben for all these years and, you know, whatever you think of Big Ben, I mean, you still, you know, want a couple of Super Bowls with them and everything else. And, but I don't know. Like, they have talent. They're uh, defensively, they're great, right? And they have a great coach. Like, Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the league. It's just they just haven't been willing to go out and try to really invest and find whoever the quarterbacks are. Um, yeah, I saw that. They got ranked 32nd. They were, they were really bad last year, too. Like, I don't know what's going on with Clark Hunt. Like, like it, there's been a lot of talk. Like, he's very uh, um, cheap. And, like, they, they basically were told him last year that uh, after this call came out last year that they were going to uh, upgrade. It's not the they, – they talk about the uh, the locker room. It's not the Arrowhead locker room. It's actually the practice field locker room that, I guess, hasn't been updated in 20 years. And you look at it, it really looks like a cheap high school locker room of uh, what they have over there. And I guess one of their complaints was, I guess, they had stools. And so they got him chairs, and that's all they did for him to upgrade. Like, that was it. Um, but it's crazy because Mark uh, Clark Hunt is like top two or top three, the most richest owners in the league. He's, he's worth $15 billion. But, and you would think after winning back to back Super Bowls that he would do something. And they actually, which is fucked up because they, because uh, he actually just had a press conference yesterday because they unveiled their plans for the $800 million renovation that they want to do here at Arrowhead. And uh, they asked him about that, and he was like, oh, we'll see. We'll see if I can get some of that stuff for him. Yeah, we'll see. You know, and it's like, okay. Like, you think after winning back-to-back Super Bowls, uh, you know, and all the money, they, they, all the extra money they've, they've won from it, that they would try to do something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, also a discussion for, for another time, but the fact that all these uh, professional sports teams also ask taxpayers to, to spot the bill. <laughs> it's just one of the wildest fucking things. Like, yeah, what, what, uh, whoever, who, I don't know, I don't know where that started. I don't know who started it. But whatever asshole came up with that idea first, and now it's just like the thing. Oh yeah, brand new stadium. We'll make the taxpayers take care of that. And you're by the balls the because, like, you, like the because it does. I mean, so I think the trade off for the teams is like, oh, look how much money we generate for the for the area, right? And and uh, stuff like that. And while that's true, and like, there's no way the Chiefs would let like the or Kansas City or Missouri would ever let. The Chiefs leave Missouri, so the, so they're they're pretty much by the balls because they're like, okay, well, you're either gonna do what we ask, or we're we're gonna leave because that's kind of the new thing that all the owners do now. We're just gonna leave if you don't give us what we want, and so that's what they end up doing. Because like, they basically said the Chiefs were gonna pay three hundred million dollars, but they want the taxpayers to pay the other five hundred million dollars for the for the renovations for this, and it's like, okay, like uh, seems fair, but yeah. Their, their, their facilities are really bad. And that one, I mean, Arrowhead is a, the third oldest stadium in the league, but also their practice facility is really bad. It's 20-some years old, and it looks like a 20-year-old building that, like, hasn't been renovated since, you know, forever. And, like, you would think that, like I said, they, they would put the money into it and fix all this, especially with a team that has been this good. I think they said, too, like, what Taylor Swift, like, generated, like, $300 million for the Chiefs or something. So... They're not, they're not, they're not a poor off. Okay, like I said, yeah, not, he's not worth hurting. fifteen billion dollars. 
he could afford this. But I guess he's cheap as fuck. So I don't know. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the same things coming out about the uh, the Steelers as well. I think they're ranked twenty eighth, so not not at the bottom like the Chiefs, but a lot of the same things where Art Rooney the second. There, there, there's been rumors circulating about him and, you know, his unwillingness to pay, like, big-time coordinators to come in for the Steelers, which is why we're left with the Matt Canadas of the world and, you know, um, oh, my God. Ken, this is really going to bother me that I'm not coming up with his name. Uh, oh, my God. The only name I can come up with right now is Dick Lebowski. Obviously, his last name isn't Lebowski. Why <laughs> can't I come up with the, the Steelers' the, the Steelers DC's name? But you know, they they haven't had a big time coordinator since then, and now it's kind of seeming like Lebeau. Jesus, Lebowski! My God, little uh, c- couple one too many IPAs, and now we're now we're getting into the to the hour mark, and they're starting to starting to starting to kick in, but. Yeah, the the Steelers, you know, name a name a coordinator from the Mike Tomlin tree. You know, what I mean, like Mike Tomlin gets talked about, like is this great coach all the time? Who who who's who's come out from, from the Mike Tomlin tree? But yeah, I guess that's been something that's been going around. His doesn't want to uh, put the money into that to, to bring in like uh, big time coordinators, and now that uh, that report is kind of kind of showing that. Right where the he he got he got an F for for his willingness to to want to spend to make the facilities better. So this is true. This is actually true. Clark Hunt has a it's like a house built inside of Arrowhead. Um, so yeah, that motherfucker's got a house and <laughs> king of the castle, king of the castle, and and they won't build a new uh, practice facility with a bigger weight room uh, for the players or provide adequate food. Uh, for the players, so it's not as bad as the uh, the Cardinals, who I think were being charged. I think it was isn't that what they? Yeah, they were being charged for their meals. They wasn't free meals, uh, they, but they 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 corrected that. So um, and I think the Bengals were also. I guess they didn't offer three meals a day, um, but they they changed it this year. Uh, Wednesdays is now three meals a day, but that's it. That's all they were able to do. So you know, I don't know. It's it, but the, I guess I guess that's you know if you're a rich owner that's how you become a rich owner right or rich is by doing these shrewd moves and stuff like that like not really caring like i don't know so it's crazy to me that they're worth that kind of money and you can't invest it back into the team the way that you should so but i guess when you have patrick Mahomes, you're just like fuck him like, we're just gonna keep making this money <laughs> give a fuck like you know fuck your locker room <laughs> go go win me another super bowl with mbs and mccall hardman <laughs> yeah so and it's funny because i'm mean, at the end he always talks about all this stuff and like I don't know. From what they were saying, like I think they were saying, like like he's a like like so I because that's been like all the talk around here again uh, after all this, and people are saying that like a lot of the players like like Clark Hunt, like they think he's a good guy, but he's just a tight ass and doesn't spend any money. Yeah, that's that. I think it's the same thing with with Art Rooney. Like I don't think there's like a Steeler player that like dislikes him, but yeah. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, all right. Well, I mean, I think uh, we've pretty much went through all these guys uh, that we really wanted to hit on. But uh, 
I'm, I'm excited to really dig a lot deeper in a lot of these uh, light players um, once we get all the final numbers and everything else. And that's what we'll talk about next week. Uh, we'll have much more of a you know top five, top ten kind of look outlook on a lot of these positions and be able to talk more uh, with with all this stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's a shame that some of these top guys. I think eventually they're going to change this, or they need to change the combine or something because it, there's no incentive whatsoever for a lot of these top guys to continue to do this stuff um, because all they can do is get hurt. I I would actually like to see if they actually try to do something similar to like what the senior bowl does, where maybe you just put all these players through like actual like practices for two or three, uh, you know, for two or three days here. Maybe you have them do a couple of the stuff that you want them to do, but then maybe try to get them in some actual practice. I think you learn a lot more about them uh, during those situations like you do in the senior bowl than you would at this, because let's be honest, like the 40 yard dash is always overhyped because when have players ever run 40 yards down the field in a straight line, very much in, in underwear, nonetheless. Yeah. No pads. We're starting to get a lot more information, like with the GPS tracking and all that stuff. Uh, that, yep. that I think is going to make it to where, like, that is way more helpful information. Uh, you know, when they're actually playing versus you know what they're doing on, uh, you know, at you know at the combine. And let's face it, like these guys train for this. Like they hire coaches to train for the combine. So, like, it, I don't know. Like, I don't think we 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 we. It's fun to talk about because we have nothing else to talk about, but there's also – it's not yeah. as important as I, I think. To me, it's either – you know, if there's a player that kind of out – you know, out – you know, athletically is more um, than what we thought, or if a player that, like, really takes. Like, he goes out and runs a 4-7-40, you know, running back or wide receiver. Okay, that that's noteworthy. Yeah, but even then, it doesn't matter. Kyron Williams – being a great example. Yeah. Nobody, everybody shit on Kyron Williams after that. Came in small, unathletic. No one wanted anything to do with Kyron Williams. Although, whenever you actually watched him play, you saw the athleticism, his ability to move in open space and, and everything like that. Like, there's, you know, you, you can go down a line of guys who tested poorly that, that ended up being – fantasy relevant you know deandre hopkins jarvis landry dalvin cook devin singletary was awful at the combine so like i said what i use it for is to like just kind of get an idea you know go back and see if there's something i missed on some of these guys but if there's someone i really like it the thing that it comes down to is the the draft capital and unfortunately, you know, even for some of these NFL teams, the combine affects where they put them on their boards, which is going to affect the draft capital. And that's that's the that's the main thing. Jonathan like, Mingo. Me, yeah, Jonathan Mango, Chase Claypool. Uh, like, you know, you, you can go down that list, too, of all these guys who came and balled out, jumped up draft boards, and ended up fizzling out super quick. So, you know, use it as like, you know, if, if someone does pop off, you know, kind of go and look and see if you can kind of see the same things, you know, as when they're actually playing games is what they just put up at the combine. But um, like I said, as much as I like talking about it, I'm not going to be like moving guys drastically up and down like my personal rankings because that, you know, they, they jumped high in their underwear. Yeah, that's why I, I I just wish they would come up with something. I, I think it's time to like change uh, the combine in some way. I mean, because they're, they're, it has become a pretty big event, right? I mean, obviously everybody talks about it. Like everybody travels to it and gets interviews and everything else. 
all the league, uh, you know, use it as opportunity to kind of talk, get some ideas, uh, you know, maybe uh, some trades, stuff like that. But um, I think overall, like largely it's becoming uh, less important because we're starting to see more and more of the elite names just not participate in it anymore. So I think maybe they'd be better off coming up with some different ways to, to really um, handle it. And like I said, maybe just doing like team practices or team drills, stuff like that, to where you can start to see these guys like more in, you know, a natural environment versus, you know, um, you know, just running in, sh- you know, in their, their underwear down the field. And hopefully you don't have a Chris Jones moment where you, your, your dick falls out, like happened to him at the combine. So have you heard him tell that story? I, I saw it on the, uh, on the, on the new Heights. Yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. Chris Jones is hilarious, but yeah, that was, that was hilarious. That's the reason he fell was trying to cover it up. So. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. So, um, Anyways, all right. Well, let's let's get out of here. I think we've we've rambled on enough here. Uh, we'll be back again next week, really to talk about all this and really start to really dig in to the rookies. We also have uh, free agency that's coming up in what two weeks? I think. Yeah, actually, less or uh, yeah, uh, about two weeks from now. Um, it's uh, the 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 yeah, actually, I think two weeks from today. Actually, um, free agency starts. Actually, the the early period where you can start to talk is less than two weeks. I think it's the eleventh. So um, actually a week from Monday. So uh, it's all the NFL is so smart. I mean, they, they no other league has it like this where people are continually talking about the sport. Well, well past, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after the season's over major league baseball, pretty much. Well, nobody talks about major league baseball anyways, but NBA, you have that short period of time, whatever NBA free agency opens for like a week and then it's dead. Nobody cares about it again. until the NBA finals the next year. So, where the NFL, it's just a constant. Uh, we're always talking about it. Everybody's, you know, there's free agency. I mean, the fucking scouting combine. I mean, the end of NBA, Major League Baseball would love if people cared about those things that happen uh, in their sports, and nobody does. So, um, yeah. anyways, so we'll be back in next week, uh, start talking about some of these guys uh, in more in depth and really kind of get some more into our, you know, who we like, who we don't, you know, guys that stand out, stuff like that. So, it was a good weekend. You know, tune in on Saturday. Uh, watch these guys run in underwear, and uh, we'll be back again next week to uh, you know start digging more into these rookies, uh, which I've been looking forward to really talking about some of these guys. We can see where some of our rankings lie. So that being said, everyone a good weekend. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.